Hey everyone, welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin, and this show is all about simplifying the complicated Social Security rules so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar in benefits that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday at 12 o'clock central. That number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to Susan in Indiana who wants to know if her spousal benefit will step up once her husband files for his benefit. Then Ed Missouri asks if his dependent grandchildren will be eligible for a benefit and the steps he should take to make that happen. Doug in Alabama wants to know when his benefit will stop being recalculated if he keeps working. And then Charles is 68 but still working and notice that his employer is still withholding Social Security taxes. He wants to know if they should be. There's a lot of other great calls too, so let's get it started. And up first, we have Pete in California. Hey, Pete. Hi, Devin. How are you today? Fantastic, sir. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How can I help? Hi. I have a very specific question that I'm having trouble finding resources online. I thought you might be able to help. Um, I am a 58-year-old married dad collecting Social Security disability. Okay. And I'm looking to the future. because I have a wife and two minors, they receive auxiliary benefits as, as the family. Okay. So whatever I get, they, they collectively get another 50%. I think once my kids are no longer minors, I think they fall off the coverage. Um, and I don't know if my wife would be eligible because she would not be caring for them. And then I don't think she'd be old enough. She's right now 53. So right. let's say by the time she's 50. By the time she's 57, my kids will no longer be minors. Gotcha. So, A, at that point, would we lose the family auxiliary benefit? And then, B, is there a strategy if I were to remain on disability until uh, my, my FRA of 67 and she would be eligible? She has enough credits from her earning history. Is, is there a best way to navigate the whole spousal benefit? So, that's, it's a lot, but I, I, I hope you follow what I mean. Well, I think so. So let's go back and piece together some of this. How old are your kids right now, Pete? 16 and 14. Okay. 16 and 14. So is your wife currently working? No. Okay. So then is she collecting the child and care benefit, at least on the 14-year-old? Is that, I'm not sure if it's the same thing, but it's the auxiliary benefit. Or yeah. is that something different? Yeah, no, that that would likely okay. be it. So are all three of your kids receiving, uh, are, are your two children rather, and your wife all three receiving a benefit? Right. So they each receive one-sixth of mine. So it's, you know, if you add them up, it's three-sixths. So it's yeah. the 50% of okay. my benefit. Right. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so the what should happen is that when the last child turns 16 – then the child and care benefit, the auxiliary benefit that she's receiving, will drop off. When she's, sorry, at what age? 16 or 18? 16 for your wife. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they pay that up to age 16. And okay. then your children's benefit, their individual benefit, will drop off when they turn 18 or 19 if they're still in high school. Yes, okay. So long as neither of them are disabled. They're not. Okay. Then at 18 or 19, if they're still in high school, their benefits will cease. 
So then that leaves, at that point, you said your wife will be 56, 57? Uh, 57, yes. Okay. So then, no, there there wouldn't be a benefit payable to her because she's either not taking care of, you know, she's not at the age of eligibility, 62 or 60, Mm -hmm. if she's a widow, uh, and she's not taking care of a child under the age of 16 or a child of any age if they became disabled before the age of 22. So none of those conditions Correct. exist for her. So there's not going to be a benefit payable to her. So then what happens when she does turn 62 is that she could receive a spousal benefit based on your disability benefit. Now, mm-hmm. uh, you said that she does have work from her own work record, though. Yes, yeah, she has enough credits. She, yeah, she has exactly the 40 credits. Okay. Yeah. So then it's not likely that your benefit uh, or let me reverse that. It's not likely that her benefit is going to be up to the level of one half of your benefit, is it? That's correct. Okay. So the way that formula would work is very simple. And, you know, I've actually put this in my newest 2022 version of the Social Security Cheat Sheet. And so, uh, Pete, I don't know if you've downloaded that, but for any of the people that's listening to this, if they haven't downloaded that, uh, we recently expanded it to two pages. Uh, for the last couple of years, I've had people saying, Devin, your writing's too small. And I would read it and think, well, that's just fine. And then all of a sudden, I think mm-hmm. my vision started to change a little bit. And I looked at it earlier this year and I thought, man, I can't hardly read that. And so we've uh, we've actually expanded it to two pages. And in addition to being able to enlarge the font size, we were also able to add a couple of additional charts. And one of those charts mm-hmm. that I added is the spousal benefit calculation. So the way that your wife's spousal benefit will be calculated if she defi- decides to file at 62 is going to be as follows. Um, think about her full retirement age benefit mm-hmm. subtracted from one half of your full retirement age benefit, which should be about the yeah. same as what you're receiving in a disability payment. All right. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you're receiving $2,000 in a disability payment and her benefit from her work is $500, then that would leave a remainder of $500 because one half of 2000 is 1000 minus her full retirement age benefit of 500 that leaves 500 So what that would leave her with is a duly entitled benefit. That would be 500 from her work record and 500 as a spousal payment. And then both of those payments would be reduced for her early filing. Okay. So that's the rough formula of how you can figure out about how much that's going to be. So, okay, that's great. So if she waited till her full retirement age, would she then receive basically half of what I'm getting at that time? So it would roughly, yes, because you didn't file early or later. And and yours is a little different because it's a disability benefit. So if you would have filed for your retirement benefit at 62, then the answer to that would have been no. Uh, She would receive, if she waited to her full retirement age, she would be eligible for up to one half of your full retirement age benefit. But because you're receiving disability benefits, which is effectively your full retirement age benefit, then that roughly should come out to be about one half. Okay, so okay, so whatever the number is now, so would we just index my number, you know, over the next 10 years or whatever, nine years? And then at that point, let's say in nine years, well, actually more, 13 years or 14 years when she's eligible. So would her... Roughly 50% be based on my my then indexed benefit? 
Yes. And the reason is, is that every time there's a cost of living adjustment, they Mm -hmm. actually increase your full retirement age benefit and then make reductions or increases based on the age that you filed. In your case, it's a disability benefit, which also receives the cost of living adjustment. So that amount is going to continue to go up. And a spousal benefit is always based on the full retirement age benefit after it's been increased for the cost of living adjustments. So yes, those cost of living adjustments are going to increase the amount of spousal benefits. So the easy way to do it, uh, well, what I've always told people is increase that benefit by about two, maybe 3% per year between now and that point. Uh, With the inflation numbers we have coming out, I really don't know what to tell you to use, but to stay on the safe side, I'd probably still stay in that two and a half percent range. Uh, And if it's more than that, obviously this, this upcoming cost of living adjustment was more than twice that. Um, But I I do hope at least that the inflation that we've seen recently is just a temporary burst due to some demand and supply shocks. And we're not going to continue getting 6% cost of living adjustments for the next 10 years. No, we don't want to become a third world country. No, <laughs> no. no, we don't. Uh, you know, I have a video that by the time uh, this call-in show airs, the other video will be out. But I'm going to tell you, inflation is going to be damaging to the Social Security system if they don't get it under control. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know it's 5.9. I saw, I did get your cheat sheet, so thank Good. you. You know, I do subscribe. To that. And your stuff, I have to tell you, your stuff is just so straightforward, and it's uh, – you communicate in a way that people can relate. So I, I really oh, appreciate thank you. It. Thank you. You know, we really, yeah. really try hard to get everything uh, condensed down, distilled down into, you know, something that's understandable. And to do that, you really have to understand all of the rules. And so we spend a lot of time around here. You know, our office talk, instead of what happened to the football game, it's, it's you know, Mm-hmm. What happens to the PIA if this happens? <laughs> so we're, we're nerds around here, I know, but uh, but it does result in us being able to have these kind of conversations with people that uh, really do what we think is a lot of help. So I'm so glad that you've gotten help out of it, and thanks so much for watching and listening to the show. Thank you. Can I ask you one more brief question? It's related. Yeah. Or or okay, do you, I, it might just be a top of your top of your head answer, but do you think that? My wife waiting till her full retirement age, should I continue with a disability? Do you think long-term would that be our best uh, maximization technique for our combined benefits? So the answer that comes on the top of my head is not one that's very fulfilling for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Because here's, here's what I tell people all the time. You cannot look at Social Security as its own little silo of information where you make decisions strictly mm-hmm. based on uh, maximizing social security. You just can't do that. You have to look at all of the other factors. You know, your personal savings level is certainly going to be one of them uh, because, you know, the amount of taxes you pay in retirement is going to hinge a lot on how you decide to file for social security, um, Mm -hmm. for most people. But, you know, I I really can't say that, that, yeah, that's going to be your best strategy. It's really, really hard to know without knowing all of the assets and income details. Right. No, no, I appreciate the candor that that's, that's everything now, has been very beneficial. And Peter, this is a shameless plug. This may or may not benefit you at all, or uh, there's not too many people listening that uh, this is going to be a huge benefit for, I don't think, because you have to be at a certain asset level for this to work. But we do have a mm-hmm. retirement roadmap plan where we help you figure out the exact 
strategy of distributions. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you so far, the differences that we've seen for the clients that we've worked with in many cases has been well over $100,000 just in tax savings throughout retirement. So if you wow. want to find out more about that, caroladvisory.com, that's the website of my uh, wealth management firm, and you can find out some more there. But uh, again, that's that's something that really best works when someone has already managed to save up you know, a, a decent level of assets. So if, uh, okay. if someone's sitting there with $100,000, $200,000, say, for retirement, it just doesn't offer as much flexibility. That's a lot of money. There, no one's going to question that. That's mm-hmm. a whole lot of money. But you just don't have the flexibility sure. to be able to utilize some of those strategies that you would if, if your savings are that five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand range or more. So uh, okay. I, I know that's not the most fulfilling answer, but I, I do feel like that's the best answer. Okay. No, much appreciated. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look on the website. Very, very good. Okay, sir. Well, thank you for calling. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Take care. Hey, before we go into the next caller, this show is brought to you by the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts. Now, you already know that the social security system is obscure. It's hard to navigate. And at times, it can seem impossible to understand how the rules apply to you and your unique circumstances. And that's why I recommend working with an advisor that has the RSSA designation to help you build a plan to optimize the benefits you and your family will receive. In the description, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with my team of RSSAs. And if you're a financial advisor, tax advisor, or any other professional who works with individuals on their financial life, the RSSA designation will give you the training and tools necessary to become the go-to Social Security advisor in your area. There's also a link in the description where you can find out more about getting the RSSA designation. So now let's head back to the phones. Up next, we have Doug in Alabama. Hey, Doug, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Fantastic, sir. Thank you for calling. How can I help you? Yeah, I have a question. I um, am uh, 69 years old now. Um, I was born before 1954. My wife started taking her uh, Social Security about 63, and I applied for restricted spousal benefits, so I'm getting half of hers, which is good. I'm waiting till 70, I guess. But I have a question. By me working from 66 to 70, making a reduced than what I was making, but still probably you know, one of the higher 35 years, does my PIA go up um, from its level when uh, I hit my retirement age of 66? Um, Can't decide whether it's worth taking the benefits a year earlier or or waiting the extra year and getting the 8%. It looks like it's a 12-year break-even, but I I don't know if, if I'm helping myself by continuing to work. Okay, Doug, good question. The latest video that I released is called the, re- the Recalculation, I believe is what I called it, The Recalculation of Social Security Benefits. Have you had a chance to watch that? No, I tried to pull up. Uh, it was the break-even one, but it, it didn't really give me what I, I needed. It, it, it wasn't calculating like I thought, but no, I probably have not done that. Okay. The Recalculation of Social Security Benefits video is where I go over the the occasions where the Social Security Administration will continue to recalculate your Social Security benefit, uh, especially for earnings that continue after your initial benefit is calculated. So the short answer to your question is, yes, your continued working will increase your PIA, your full retirement age benefit, so long as those earnings years replace one of the years in your high 35 calculation. Now, just as a reminder to those people listening, when we talk about that high 35 calculation, 
those are not real earnings. Uh, when I say they're not real earnings, they're not your actual earnings. They go back and all of your earnings through age 59 are indexed for inflation. Earnings at age 60 and beyond are not indexed, but then they take all of those earnings and, and put them in a bucket and pull out the high 35. And so if at any point your current earnings are going to replace one of your high 35, then yes, that would constitute what they refer to as a recomputation of benefits. So if, you're, if your current earnings does not replace the 35, then your PIA can go down? No, it will not go down. It will not go okay. down. One of the provisions with a recomputation of benefits is that it cannot decrease your PIA. So, now, we, you know, even if it doesn't increase it by a bunch, if it replaces one of the 35 years, it, it just means I'd have a higher benefit. It's to my advantage. That's right. If it's if it's going to replace it by any, it's going to uh, it's going to be recomputed, as they call it, and you're going to see a resulting higher benefit amount. Um, one more question then. If my birthday is in November and I turn 70 in November, am I getting credit for this year? You will. Um, because don't they recalculate in January? Oh, I will. They'll recalculate it even though the year's not up. Oh, well, hang on. There's there's two things that I, I may have thought differently about something here. So yes and no. Uh, there's there's what they call lag earnings, and that's the earnings for the year you you file generally are not calculated into your final benefit amount uh, because they simply don't have, they don't have those earnings to run the calculation. Uh, so next right. year they right. will recalculate your benefit or recomputate. Let me get my terminology right here. Cause they are sticklers about that. They'll recomputate your benefit next year to include this year's earnings. If it was in the high 35. So no, you right. won't get immediately the earnings from this year, but yes, you will get the delayed retirement credits, which I thought was the question you were asking, and now looking back, it was not. But those are, you know, it's it's 8% per year or two-thirds of 1% per month that's added to your full retirement age benefit all the way up through age 70. Uh, the only way you can get all of those delayed retirement credits added to your benefit is if you file at age 70. Otherwise, it's going to be the following January before they add those. So, again... If you file and you want your benefit to start at 70, it's going to include those delayed retirement credits, or it's supposed to. I've heard of more than one circumstance where they didn't. They waited until the following January, but they are supposed to add those. Well, it really sounds like if, um, if I don't need the Social Security to pay my bills and I'm making enough to, without, you know, taking IRA money out and money out of the bank, I'm, I might as well just finish out the one more year of my birthday turn 70 in November of, of next year. So um, um, thank you. Those, those are um, those are answers that I, I do in my, my, my due diligence. I can't seem to find. You're the only guy I could see who's, who answers a lot of these questions. So I appreciate it. You are welcome, Doug. Take care and thank you for calling. Up next, we have Susan in Indiana. Hey, Susan. Hi there. Thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. How can I help you? Well, I think I have an easy question, but I'm getting, I just want to make sure. And I have to apologize for not reading your cheat sheet because I bet the answer's there. And I totally forgot about it until you'd mentioned it with an earlier caller. Well, anyway, that's all right. that being said. You've got the living okay, cheat sheet on look, the phone with you. <laughs> that's it. And I just want to make sure I don't mess anything up here. Okay. My husband and I will be turning 64 and 65 in the next couple of months. 
My husband anticipates retiring at 66.6 for his full retirement age. If I would go ahead and take Social Security now, I'm 63. When he retires at his full retirement age, will I get that bump up to equate to half of his? Good question. So, uh, Susan, just to make sure, you told me this, and I did not make a note of it here, but you also have a benefit from your own work history, right? Yes, I do. Okay. Is your benefit less than one half of his full retirement age benefit? Yes, it is. Okay. So then you will qualify then for both your own benefit and for a spousal payment on top of that. Mm -hmm. And here's the easy way to calculate that. Take one half of his full retirement age benefit and subtract Uh 100% of your full retirement age benefit. Yes. The amount that's remaining is the spousal payment. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the way this would work is if you filed at 62, the benefit for which you are eligible would be reduced down to 62, the benefit from your work. It would be reduced yeah. for, you know, whatever, between your full retirement age and 62, how many ever months that is, it would be a monthly reduction. And then once you became eligible for a spousal benefit, which would have to be triggered by your husband filing, then you would be eligible for that portion of the benefit. So it likely would not, the only way this will be 100 or 50% of his full retirement age benefit is if you wait until your full retirement age. Well, stinker. <laughs> I wish That's I had good news. I thought it was good news. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. This just hit us that we're in the midst of, you know, sold the house, moving, all that kind of stuff. It's like, wow, just trying to get everything in order. Yep. So I need to wait. I do not want to draw Social Security now, but once he hits his full retirement age and he retires, I get whatever mine would be at that point, plus the difference between that to equate to half of his. That's it. You've got it Did down. I say that right? That is it. Okay. Okay. So the end result is so, your total benefit equals one half of his benefit. Okay. Even if I'm not full retirement age. Negative. No. You've got to be full retirement age for your total benefit to equal one to half of his benefit. So oh. let me, yep. Let me, yeah. let me, so again, think about this in two parts. Take one half of his full retirement age benefit and subtract your full retirement age benefit. That's the spousal payment. Okay. All right. Yes. So let's say that you become entitled to that spousal payment at your full retirement age. Well, you would get that full okay. amount. But if you filed, let's say, for your own benefit at 62, then your own benefit portion would be reduced for your early filing. And then if okay. your husband filed for his benefit, when you were full retirement age, then that spousal payment portion would not be reduced. But still, your total benefit together wouldn't equal 50% of his because your portion was reduced. Okay. So I need to wait until I am full retirement age to get my full retirement age and then the equivalent to make up the difference of what it would be for half of his. Yes, Okay. Now, I'm not saying that that's the best strategy for you to wait until the end to file. There's a whole lot of other things that you have to know. But I am saying that if you want 50% of of his full retirement age benefit, that's what you're going to have to do. I am going to have to wait until I hit full retirement age. That is correct. Because he'll already be retired. Okay. Okie doke. Well, thank you so much. I learned so much from watching 
your videos and listening and other people's questions. So thank you so much for what you do. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for calling. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye, Susan. Ed is in Missouri. Hey, Ed. Hello, Devin. How are you today? Fantastic, sir. Uh, well, first off, I'd like to thank you for all the videos. They've been very helpful and informative. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for watching. It's uh, good viewers like you that make it possible for me to continue doing that. Okay. Well, my situation is this. I'm uh, uh, prepared to do my filing. I'm 62, and my health ain't that great. My wife is older, and she's already getting FRA. Uh, but uh, um, we have three grandchildren live, that live in our house, as does my daughter. And in reading and watching the videos and doing investigation, apparently there is a way to get benefits for them under if the circumstances are correct. And I'm looking into that before I file because it clearly says that after you file, then you would have to legally adopt them. So, Ed, I'll tell you, my understanding is this, that for your children or for your grandchildren to qualify for benefits on your work record, either you have to adopt them or both parents have to be disabled or deceased. And okay. without, without those happening, I don't know how you could get a benefit for a grandchild. Okay. Cause see, see that, that wasn't what the rule said. And, and I watched your video regarding um, the same topic and it did really, you mentioned dependent grandchildren but what establishes dependency is solely by the tax records. So yeah, the, the rules on dependency are, are fairly cut and dried within the social security manual. Uh, but beyond that, so dependency is the first line of test that they have to meet. Then beyond that for a okay. grandchild, it has to be that either you've adopted them or the parents are disabled or deceased. As I understand the rules, uh, but I'll tell you this, I'm, I'm looking at the notes here. Tell me a little bit more about the daughter that's living with you. How, how, what's her situation like? Wild child. She is, she is working. She barely makes enough to support herself in her car. She does not contribute to the household other than, um, well, she does buy things for the children, but, uh, of course they're her children, but, uh, she, she don't make enough to survive on her own. Gotcha. Um, Where's the dad? Uh, the father of the older two is a, uh, a Mexican citizen who was deported from the United States. Father of the youngest is a uh, is an American citizen living in Texas, and uh, he is supposed to pay child support. Here's what I want you to do, Ed. The older to the older two, their dad. We ain't heard from them since 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 they were since the uh, middle child was born. And they're twelve and thirteen years old. That's correct. So, Ed, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to leave this phone call and say, well, there's nothing we can do. Instead, I want you to get in touch with an elder law attorney. In cases like these, with, I, what? with an elder law attorney, and I want you to just talk okay. to them, tell them, tell them what, what you just told me, and find out what your options are for being able to get Social Security benefits for those grandchildren. It may be that they will recommend an adoption process. Now, I don't know how that'll work for for one of the fathers who is no longer in the country, and and you're going to have a very difficult time finding him. My, my daughter, my daughter would probably, yeah. Chances are, my daughter would never go along with that. But okay, if well, um, 
without knowing all of your personal details, it's hard to know, but that, that is at least a road I would explore because there, there are some drawbacks, but there are some benefits to doing so. I've worked with them enough to know that. And if you want to talk to an elder law attorney, you can go to the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys website. It's uh, NELA. It's what they refer to it as, the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. They have a find an attorney bar on the side, and you can find one that's in your area. What part of Missouri are you in, Ed? Uh, St. Louis area. Okay. Yep. You're going to have you're going to have more than a few to choose from that belong to the National Academy. I would not just use any attorney. There's there's no way I I would not call these guys because some of them they do everything from patents to criminal law to divorces to bankruptcies. You need somebody that specializes in this, and they should just be able to answer your question over the phone, and um, you know let you know if this is a possibility or not. I had not thought of contacting an elder law attorney. I did. Uh, I did speak to a uh, to an attorney that specializes in disability, thinking that he would be knowledgeable about Social Security, and uh, he didn't have an answer. Yeah, yeah. No, these elder law attorneys, this is stuff they're going to know because they work with government benefits all the time. Okay. Well, I, I do appreciate all your input. You know, I wish we had a, a, a clear answer. but I know. Uh, a better solution and something that's much more transparent immediately. I know I love when I'm able to help people and uh, give them the answer they've been looking for for months. But in this case, it's not going to be one of those. You're going to have to dig a little deeper. Okay. Well, I appreciate Frank, frankly. I appreciate you accepting that, frankly. Yes, you know? sir. All right, Ed. Well, thank you for calling. So, um, okay. Well, thank you again. All right. I appreciate all the information. Yes, sir. All right. And up next, we have Charles in Wisconsin. Hey, Charles. Yes, good afternoon, Devin. Thank you so much for this opportunity and for your website and all the things that you do for all of us struggling with Social Security benefits. Well, thank you for I think uh, I have a per- listening to the videos and, and uh, being one of my subscribers. I, I really appreciate that. Oh, well, uh, it's it's been really beneficial for us, too. Um, my situation is that uh, both my wife and I are 68. My wife applied for benefits, and I applied for her spousal benefits uh, in June, and we've been getting uh, our benefit uh, monthly benefits from that. Uh, my question, though, is uh, is why is her employer still withholding FICA on her paycheck if she's already receiving um, Social Security benefits, and if that's the case if they continue to do that. When is this figured or how is this figured into her future benefits? Because we're still paying into the system. Uh, so in other words, is there any way of recovering these taxes uh, after she's already receiving benefit? All right. Good question. So basically, she's already receiving her benefit, but they're still withholding taxes. And uh, it, it seems like maybe that's a bit of a waste, right? Because that 6.2% in Social Security tax may or may not do anything for a benefit, but they're, they're still going to take it. All right. So the social security system is a pay-as-you-go system, which means that the benefits that you're paying in today are going to support today's retirees. And it all goes into a big pool, then it comes back out. It's not going into an account necessarily with your individual name on it. It's just collectively gathering there to pay out all the benefits that's due to everyone. And by law, Unless you are working in a non-covered position, which is one of the few positions that does not withhold Social Security tax, they are going to withhold that FICA tax. 
whether your own benefits or not. The good news, though, is that if any of her earnings replaces any of her high 35 years of earnings, her benefit will be recomputed and her benefit will increase. Now, if her current earnings are lower than any of those years, then effectively her tax money is just going down the drain for purposes of increasing her benefit. It's just not going to do anything. Her return on investment is zero. Oh, so you're saying because she's a school teacher, she's taught for over 30 years, uh, paying into Social Security, and her salary has been going up over the years. So if her salary this year or the amount that she pays in this year is higher than the prior 35 years or any of the ones in the 35 years, so replace it and recompute her benefit, yes. even though she's already getting benefits? Absolutely. Uh Charles, in one of my most recent videos, uh, go back. I would encourage you to watch it. It's, I can't remember what I titled it now, and I'm the one that came up with the title. It's something to the effect of, <laughs> will the Social Security Administration recalculate your benefit? I think that's what it was. And I go over that exact okay. scenario. It's those earnings after you retire. How are they accounted for in your benefits calculation? And so, yes, her benefit can be recalculated to include higher earnings. I not, I've been all over the internet looking for an answer to this question, and and that's I've never come across that that they could re, recalculate. Yep, just go to my YouTube channel, check out that. Uh, by the time this airs, there may be another couple of videos that uh, have come out, but it's the recalculation of benefits where I go into detail about uh, how those benefits are going to be ran back through the formula on an annual basis. And and do you have to apply for the recalculation or do they just automatically do it? You're not supposed to have to apply. It's supposed to be an automatic process. Uh, but if you know, so in the video, I actually go through the details of how your benefit is calculated. So you'll know if your current earnings should actually replace one of your high 35 years. Uh, and I do that because I want people to understand how to catch a mistake if there is one. But I will say it's supposed to be an automatic process where they have their computer system is supposed to catch it, automatically recompute it, and they're going to do that in, you know, so for example, this year's earnings, 2021, those will be recomputed sometime in 2022, if that year should be included in the calculation. Okay. And then that wouldn't affect, well, it would affect the COLA for, the, for 2022 that's supposed to go into effect. No, it really wouldn't. Um, because the way that works is they would recalculate your benefit based on, and this is where it does get a little bit into the weeds. Okay. Let me give you a fair warning. They would recalculate okay. your benefit based on the formula that's in place the year she turned 62. All right. Okay. And then they, so that's the formula they would use, but they would use all those earnings way up past 62. Uh, you know, if you're still working at 90 and those earnings are your highest years, they'll still use those earnings, but they're going to use the formula in the year you turn 62 to go back and recalculate your benefit with. And then once they do that, then they go through year by year and they add those cost of living adjustments that you would have received after that. Okay. So no, okay. you, st you still get that cost of living adjustment. Okay. The COLA is put on after the benefit's been recalculated. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Well, uh, well that's great. I, I it was not able to find anywhere on my searching uh, on the internet uh, how this if there's ever a way to recover this, uh, because it just seems like because she's 
you know, has the benefits that she's just paying in and it's going into the ether somewhere. Into the abyss of the Social Security Trust Fund. Well, it may be. It just depends on what her prior earnings history looks like. And if you'll go back and look or watch that video, I tell you how to figure out if her current earnings are going to count. So I, I, I would encourage you to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I certainly will. Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. Take care. Thank you for calling. Up next, we have Ariel in Florida. Hey there. Hello, sir. And I'm glad you're doing these shows and your teaching has been great. Thank well, you. good. Well, thank you for calling. I have a strange question. I'm 63 currently. I'm debating or retiring to the fact that I do have an 18-year-old daughter that is autistic, and my wife is getting minimal wages working right now in a hotel. I was um, told basically, and I'm trying to find the right information, that basically if I retire, they start getting benefits because my wife can quit, take care of our daughter with us, and then both my daughter and her will get some additional benefits. Is that the case or not? Well, it could be. Going back and forth. It could be. How old is your wife? My wife is 56. Okay, so your daughter has autism. Has she been declared uh, as disabled? Uh, no, she, but she has. She's on the spectrum for Asperger. Okay, so then she's very emotional. She can't uh, live away from us or actually work. Or she has tried to work, but things just don't work out. <laughs> okay, I understand. I do understand. Um, she you, is eighteen. Okay, <laughs> you don't want to just stop work, file for benefits, and wait for your daughter and wife to qualify for a benefit. You are going to want to handle this correctly, and it's going to start with a phone call to the Social Security Administration to explain to them everything that you just explained to me. Because what they've got to do, and, and what did they tell you about the disabled adult child benefits? That she has to first be declared totally disabled, and my wife has to be out unemployed taking care of her before anything happens, they said. Yeah. Uh so, well, as as far as I understand it, your wife has to has to fall under the earnings limit, um, not necessarily completely unemployed, but you certainly want to check with them on that to make sure that's not some other program they're referencing. Uh, but what they are saying mm-hmm. so far uh, sounds correct in that your daughter does have to be declared disabled. And if so, once you retire and file for your benefits, then she is going to be entitled to a disabled adult child benefit that is equal to one half of your full retirement age benefit. And then your wife will mm-hmm. also qualify for a benefit that will be up to one half of your full retirement age benefit as what they refer to as a child in care benefit because she's taking care of a disabled adult child. So, uh, mm-hmm. yes, so far what you're hearing is correct, but you do want to take all the right steps. And uh, do they give you the next steps to get her qualified as disabled no actually what happened is that they just they just said go read it on the website and they hung up they were oh, really rude oh uh, well listen <laughs> call back uh my experience with the social security administration it, it is a mixed bag as you've already experienced i have talked to those individuals who um are less than helpful but i have also talked to people who are who are fantastic and who do care mm-hmm. uh i don't know what the ratio is of of those employees versus the other, but uh, but I do know that there are some people there, and if you call enough, you're going to find a person who will give you the answers you need on this. Uh, so that's okay. the first step I, I would take. And if you can't get that help, your next step is going to be to call a Social Security disability attorney. Now, they okay. may or may not 
want to help because of the way they're compensated. They, they receive back payments on disability, uh, but they may too. They, they understand generally the way this system works and how to get your daughter fast-tracked as much as possible through this system. Okay. I appreciate it. I do have some question which kind of has a mixed bag of what I've been reading and okay. actually what the Social Security said to me, which I don't believe what they said. Um, basically, if I, what's funny is that they said if I retire before the end of the year and start collecting on the first, that the cost of living will get calculated on that money the 5.9%. But the problem is that they said that it's not actually calculated because I've already gotten a fixed amount, not a fixed, but they said my retirement, uh, if I retire full retirement age, is set at a price, that doesn't change. It's only when after it's calculated that they add the percentage. Is that correct? I think what they were trying to say is that the way the cost of living adjustment is added to your benefit and applied is they take your full retirement age benefit and then add the cost of living adjustment to it. And then whatever that amount is that's left, that's where they do the reductions or increases for filing early or filing later. Okay. Now, roughly, though, I can tell you that it works out to be nearly the same as if you just look at the benefit that you're entitled to at 63 and add 5.9% to it. Very, very close. Okay. Well, I'm going to be, I'm 63, but I'll be 64 in March. So I'm really close to having to wait anyway. Yeah. But the question is uh, my daughter and uh, wife, because my wife is, me and her are really struggling with our daughter right now. We need to figure out what we're to do with. God bless you. Yeah. I know that can't be easy. Uh, and, and money doesn't make, you know, anything any better necessarily, but it'll it'll certainly help to, to smooth some of the road, I know. Uh, so I, I would strongly recommend that you get in touch with the administration till you find someone that will tell you the exact steps you need to take from this point on to get this process started. And then at that point, you could qualify or you could file for your own benefit and she will qualify for a benefit based on that work. Okay. I appreciate it. You are closest to any information that I found. Good. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you for calling. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them, and I assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon.